Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. Number to KOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Our program is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. They invite you to do what I did. That's go to sunburymotors.com. See their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. Look at every single vehicle and pick out dozens of vehicles that you think would be great for you, your family, and your friends, and your good co-host. And uh, they got uh, lots of vehicles that are in the Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai line on the lot, ready to go. The snow all cleaned off and the parking lot's dry and they're super ready. They got hundreds of pre-owned vehicles that have been through a hundreds of points checked to make sure they're in perfect condition and they uh, cleaned those vehicles inside and out, sanitized them and made sure that they are ready to go pre-owned inventory and you can buy a previously owned vehicle that is literally perfect for your needs and of course part of that the correlation would be the right price. So the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com, it's your opportunity to go online, Literally find a vehicle that is ideal for you or perfect is the word I use. Select that perfect vehicle. Purchase it online right from your home. You can go down there and drop off your trade. They'll take a look-see at it uh, from a safe distance and make sure that it's everything you said it was. And they'll give you top dollar for that trade-in if you so choose to trade a vehicle in. Uh, And then you can buy your vehicle safe, secure, sanitarily, and uh, making sure that it's a great opportunity to do as thousands of people have done Enjoy a vehicle from the Sunbury Motor Company, and just as they have been doing since 1915, people go on sunburymotors.com to check out their next vehicle. So that is a great opportunity for you to enjoy, enjoy. You know, the president yesterday asked a question of us, and I think we owe him an answer, don't you? Sure. You have the president's question? Oh, here we go. Now, critics say my plan is too big that it costs $1.9 trillion. So that's too much. Well, let me ask them, what would they have me cut? What would they have me leave out? Should okay. we not invest 20... 20- that's a good question. What would we have him cut? What would we have him leave out? Well, let's ask him. Let's let him answer. Okay, let him finish, and then you can, you can tell us all the pork. Now, critics say my plan <laughs> is play. too big. It's only a minute. All right. That it costs $1.9 trillion. So that's too much. Let me ask them, what would they have me cut? What would they have me leave out? Should we not invest $20 billion to vaccinate the nation? Should we not invest $290 million to extend unemployment insurance for the 11 million Americans who are unemployed so they can get by while they get back to work? Should we not invest $50 billion to help small businesses stay open when tens of thousands have had to close permanently. Should we not invest? And by the way, they make up half the employment in America. Should we not invest $130 million to help schools across the nation open safely? Right now, 24 million adults, 11 million children, don't 
have enough food to eat. And Joe, what he asked was what we should drop. Now, no one's suggesting we drop those things, which obviously are related to the COVID vaccine. But maybe we should drop the $1.5 million earmarked for the Seaway International Bridge, which connects New York to Canada. Senator Chuck Schumer supports that project, by the way. $50 million for family planning going to nonprofits, Planned Parenthood and public entities, including service for adolescents. Are you familiar with the issues adolescents are facing today? Do you think what would family that money? fifty million dollars for family planning? But it's going to it. Some of it's going to there, right? And what's that? Explain well, me, why that's not. Well, necessary. let me finish. My, you had had me wait for the president to finish his list. Let me finish mine. <laughs> okay, eight hundred and fifty-two million for AmeriCorps, AmeriCorps Vista, and the National Senior Service Corps, the Corporation for National Community Service, Civic Volunteer Agencies. This includes nine million for the AmeriCorps Inspector General to conduct oversight and audits of the largesse. AmeriCorps received a $1.1 billion 2020 appropriation. Here's what's interesting, and then I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> no, no, please. Fox sent you here. You've got to continue. The Wall Street Journal editorial board estimated that only $825 billion was directly related to COVID relief, and $1 trillion was expansion of progressive programs, pork, and unrelated policy changes. Now, that's what I would have President Biden cut out. Wouldn't you? All right. So bring get your Fox list back out. Get You have that handy? I have my Fox What's list. What's the first item on and there? And incidentally, this is not from Fox. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Okay. Well, and e- Forbes. equally conservative Forbes. newspaper. That's Forbes fine. bad, too? Equally conservative. Okay. That's all. I've been just saying these are good, good. But, you know, these could be good things to cut out. You know, I think uh, if you talk to our good congressman around here, the guy that's doing such a great job, uh, Congressman Muser, he says there are some fantastic things that need to be moved in this bill, and there are some terrible things that need to be cut out. So what is that, the St. Lawrence Seaway? What is that all about? It's a $1.5 million earmarked for the Seaway International Bridge, which connects New York to Canada. Now, explain to me how on, what on earth that has to do with <laughs> the coronavirus pandemic. $200 million in the bill to the Institute of Museum and Library Services. The agency is so small that it doesn't even employ an inspector general. But we're going to give them $230 million. How about $270 million for the National Endowment for the Arts and the Humanities? Not that they sh- we shouldn't fund arts and humanities, well, but in the COVID really relief bill. Well, during this year because there were a lot of fewer performances. So, I mean, you could correlate that if you wanted to support uh, those are small a form of small business as well. All right. Well, Joe brought his Forbes, anyway, Forbes and Wall Street journalist folks, and he wants to know if you would fund any of the things and what would you cut out? I mean, is it the money for vaccinations? That you think is okay though, right? The things that the president cited? Right. Well, in other words, the other thing they're doing $39.6 billion for higher education. This amount is three times the money, $12.5 billion, that higher ed received with the Massive CARES Funding Act from last March, and they haven't spent it. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Joe is demanding answers. He brought the Forbes Wall Street Journal list of the porkiest things that are included there. And I should point out, I saw this clipping. It's like 600 megabytes on my email. How how many pages is that? Three. Three, okay. Three pages. Uh, Times New Roman, 12 uh, <laughs> characters per inch. And so there's a ton of... Uh, but you didn't read it, did you? Uh, no, I didn't have a chance to look okay. at it. But you just did. Or I, the well, first, I read part of it. The first half a page, so... 
that's fine. Suffice to say that uh, Joe's uh, loaded with great information about what could be cut from the bill. If you agree, give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. If you think it's time to leave those in there so that these uh, good, important, uh, democratic ideal and pork-producing programs can continue, give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. I think the president is compromising on some of this, right? I mean, I know the minimum wage increase is in there. Only because Joe Manchin has said that he won't support $15 an hour. He believes that $11 an hour is more reasonable. Okay. And there is some feeling that the Democrats, knowing that Manchin isn't going to vote for it, are willing to accept that amount. Right. And they need all 50 for it to really shove it down their throats. But here's, so. here's what's interesting. During the past all three years, senators. Republicans and Democrats have helped drain. Now, not one party or the other. Both parties have helped drain the U.S. Treasury from the left and the right. Our national debt increased from $10 trillion in 2008 to $19.6 trillion in 2016 to $23.6 trillion in 2020. Mm. And guess where it stands today? $28 trillion. The U.S. budget deficit. Or our, that, no, uh, that's our the debt. national debt. National debt, $28, $28 trillion. trillion. And how much of that was added last year? $6 trillion? Six, uh, yeah, about $6 trillion hmm. last year. Didn't we have a Republican And so far president? this year. Well, no, it's 2020. It said $23.6 trillion through 2020. That $28 trillion is what's happened since Biden took over, apparently. So Joe has discovered that there's pork spending and huge deficits in Washington, D.C., and he's mad as heck, and he's not going to take it anymore. Give us a buzz if you are deeply concerned about this, 1-800-795-9565. If you don't care, call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Read the – I I probably read maybe half a page of this. There's a couple of more interesting ones. So just just continue right where you stopped on the first page because you get down to some that I think think are, uh, well, just really ridiculously not needed under any circumstance, even if we had some sort of an Well, they, they ask, what is the public purpose for a hike in the minimum wage to $15 an hour, which the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says will cost the economy 1.4 million jobs? Well, how many people would it aid? I don't know, but it's going to cost 1.4 million jobs. So what are those 1.4 million people going well, to do? What if it assists and aids and lifts up out of poverty one person. That's not worth it, right? Well, then it's dropping 1.4 million people into poverty because they don't have a job anymore. <laughs> Presumably. What if it... Well, that's in the nonpartisan... No, I'm just saying that this is a balancing act. You know, what if it helps... A half a million people, for example. I don't know what the number is, but you know, we we know that there must be somebody in America that's going to benefit from raising the minimum wage. Would what if it what if it offset that by half a million people are helped out of poverty? Would that be a good thing, or that's still not well, worth it? Well, what would the benefit be? In other words, if I get one point four million people out of poverty and put one point four million people into it, right? What have I gained? All right, so, okay, so, and this is in the stimulus bill as it stands now. Um, The president's, and he asked us uh, what he could cut. We're telling him. What if the minimum wage only went up, what is it, $7.50 an hour now, something like that? I think $11 is reasonable. What if it went up to $8.50 this year, $9.50 the next year, $10.50 after that, and up to, uh, Joe Manchin says, $11 even is a good number, you know, like if it were incremental? Well, yeah, even uh, yeah, I, I think eleven is a sharp jump from where we are now. I would say it wouldn't have to be that many increments. I would think there could be two steps from where we are now to maybe nine, and then from nine to eleven. And Joe, I almost said Joe Lundberg. 
<laughs> because of our climate conversation. Uh, Joe Biden says some compromise might be okay on this particular topic at this time. Well, the Democrats are faced with the fact that Joe Manchin won't support the 15, okay, well, the 15. which means they don't have a 50-50 tie. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. we got one caller ready to go. Good morning, Than. Thanks for calling in today. Joe is ready to tell you, even before you begin... That you're wrong. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know, because I know where he gets his news, unfortunately. <laughs> and yeah, there are those questions. I, uh, <clears throat> I have some of those myself. I think the idea that's going to happen is that we're going to incrementally, uh, whatever that word is, incremental, little, little up the minimum wage up to maybe nine, then eleven, then fifteen. It's not outrageous, Joe, no matter what you think. You're acting like a manager and an owner instead of like a worker. And there are many more workers in the world than there are owners. You're more powerful, but we as a group can be quite powerful, too. Well, no argument there, Than, but if the Central Budget Office or the Congressional Budget Office says it will cost 1.4 million jobs, are you ignoring that? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm trying to get the balancing act, which you don't get. Well, what about those workers? Oh, I don't get it. Okay. What about those workers? The 1.4 million, the the million that lose their job. Dan, it's not that he doesn't get it. It's just that he doesn't know these answers. He only has the Fox talking <laughs> points, or I guess this is Forbes talking points. And the Wall Street well, Journal. I, I believe uh, in, uh, if you watch or if you read Forbes, and you read uh, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, certainly you can put all those things in the mix, and they don't all agree, Joe. It's Fox News that agrees with that. And to show you the veracity of Fox News, you you need not look beyond the uh, business in Texas, where the first thing you did the first thing the Texas government governor said was it's this uh, green new energy, this green new deal. Well, there is no green new deal, number one. It wasn't the windmills that went down that ruined the whole uh, what, grid. What's this Texas. got to do with the Congressional Budget Office saying raising the minimum wage, which is what you started with, is going to cost the economy 1.4 million jobs? I don't get the connection. Okay, there is no connection. Thank you. I am telling you that Fox News jumped on that sick horse. Well, we're not talking about Fox News. I'm talking about uh, uh, Forbes magazine and the Wall Street Journal. Oh, okay. This is a forced conversation, and I can't can't use my... Well, no, but don't uh, just don't make uh, it say you make it. You're making it seem like I brought that up. Mm-hmm. I didn't. If you want to bring it up, you go ahead and bring it up. I am bringing it up, and that is that Fox News cannot be trusted. Fox <laughs> News jumped on that horse of uh, the Green New Deal ruining Texas's power grid, and they're still there. They still have not looked at the actual statistics. So when you get your news from Fox News, remember, it's not what's really happening. There, the power grid in Texas went down for many reasons. One, they bought cheap windmills. Two, they uh, didn't winterize their natural gas. Natural gas shut down. Uh, of course, coal is hard to haul in the snow. And yes, windmills went down. 
but it was not the fault of any Green New Deal. So anything that I hear on Fox News or Newsmax, I'm going to have to double check. And I think you're getting your statistics from Fox News, Newsmax, and I suspect Forbes. I haven't quoted any of those things that you said. I haven't, well, I haven't quoted any of them. I, we're not even talking about Texas. We're well, talking about. We're talking about. Your your information is extremely faulty. So the Wall Street Journal's faulty. Forbes is faulty. The only thing that's really good is MSNBC and CNN, right? No. Oh absolutely. no. They're they're also faulty, but at least if they they don't make a mistake and keep making it. They at least try to clean it up. And I believe that uh, there are more uh, descriptions of the uh, money coming from the government to we the people who need it. Uh, There are more reasons to do that than not. One is to just rescue our economy, which is really a mess right now because of the pandemic. Okay, listen, we got to take a break. Thanks for your call. Yeah, uh, stop believing everything you read and and take a look at what it's really like. Yes, indeed. And, of course, the Wall Street Journal and Forbes, they have no clue of what it's really like. But Than knows, so thanks a lot, Than. Hey, uh, (laughs) uh, sarcasm will get you a long way. (laughs) That was horribly sarcastic. Brought me that this far so far. Thanks, then. <laughs> well, you keep saying, uh, I uh, I don't get the point. No, you I didn't say that to point. you. You said it to me. You said, I don't understand. I said that exactly. That's what you tell everybody every day. You I don't didn't, get my point. I didn't tell you that. I didn't say that to you. <laughs> you have in the past. I think you my got friend. my point. I don't think you liked it, but you, you got it. All right, moving on. I, Thank I, you so I much, Than. You didn't get my point. Thank you, Than. Thanks for calling in. Much appreciated. Appreciate it. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Callers, call us back now. 1-800. Sorry we missed you. 1-800-795-9565. Call us now. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. We're back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at com, and you can text us at 70236. we got a uh, co-host choice. Where do you want to go? Well, we'll start with this one. Gee, Than, if the business owners have to close up because they can't afford labor costs, how much power do the employees have at that point? None. <laughs> and in Texas, the windmills went down first. The gas 
gas power plants kept up until it got into single digits. Then they went down because of frozen pipes, all because of global warming, LOL. Right. We talked about that with Joe Lundberg, and uh, he doesn't buy the global warming um aspect for the climate change that impacted uh, Texas. He said that, too, is just weather, that it isn't impossible for it to get that cold. There was a conversation, and I think we had it on this station, it certainly has been nationally, that one of the reasons Texas enjoyed its Arctic blast was because climate change has weakened the polar vortex, and that allowed the polar cold air to spill into the U.S. and everywhere. Uh, and uh, Joe Lundberg, who's uh, a climate skeptic, I mean, his word, not mine, uh, said he doesn't really buy that. He still says the Texas weather was just weather, which is, you know, sort of the incidental thing. Well, let's face it, Texas doesn't prepare for sub-freezing temperatures. I mean, they they don't. They were warned 10 years ago they had the same incident happen, and they were warned that they should take steps to winterize their grid, but they didn't do it. I mean, basically, the Republic, well, I guess it started in the 1930s when the Democrats decided not to have their own, uh, or not to join the national power grid. Hopefully now they'll rethink that, and the people at Texas well, won't maybe, have to maybe suffer. maybe not. Maybe just build their own grid up to a sufficient level. Well, I guess they could do that, but somebody's going to pay it. I mean, it's unconscionable that some of the people down there who bought, who bought into those floating energy cost plans wound up getting $40,000 bills for a couple of days of electricity. Is that what the highest bill was? I think it was wow. somewhere in the four. I heard four to 6000 is what CBS quoted this morning, but those are just where individuals have stepped forward and contacted. Yeah, you could pay you could pay less for electricity when it was abundant and pay more for it, which, you know, supply and demand typically Wait, allows that. Right? But there's no guardrails on it there. You, you would have, like, for example, PPL could never do that because the PUC regulates the amount that you can charge. But since demand was incredibly high, that multiplied the cost of the electricity by five or 6000 And so people are getting electric bill. You say $40,000. I heard that on monthly bills. Gordon Deal. One of the, one of the Gordon okay. Deal's quotes this morning well, was that. CBS quotes four to 6000 for a monthly electric bill. Well, I bet $40,000. May have been received. a business or something, and the four, oh, okay. fourteen thousand sure. may have been people's homes. All but right. it's ridiculous. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. A speedy dialer can get through. All right, Joe, has. where do you want to go? All right, face it, gentlemen. There's been a successful Marxist revolution in this country last fall, and Mark Lawrence is a happy warrior indeed. <laughs> oh, read useful idiot thereof. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm a useful idiot. Oh, great, thank you. Yeah, that's that's. A <laughs> you say I, I'm bad because I say people don't get the point. Here's a guy who calls you a useful idiot. Oh, that, that's good, Mike. Nice, nicely done. Yeah, just. Uh, I remember I fourth grade too. It was a I think you're useful. I would just drop the word idiot from you. <laughs> oh, Stan called us. He sent us a text. Now he's going to elaborate. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. Yeah, I read uh, as far as pricing and those big bills that they're getting down there in Texas, what I read in the paper last night was that evidently down in Texas, people can buy power at the wholesale rate. And I guess uh, the other companies trade amongst themselves, whatever that, you know, however that system works. So when... Uh, peak demand came up, the wholesale prices jumped, and evidently they jumped quite a bit. Yeah. So that that's where they got nailed with uh, the high cost. Now, the governor I just seen this morning, he's going to... He doesn't think that the people that were, you know, tied into that type of system will... should have to pay those exorbitant rates. I don't know whether I agree or disagree with that. You know, it sucks to be the people that, you know, 
signed off onto that. You know, that, okay, we're, in, in the good times, we're going to pay wholesale rates and get it for really cheap. But when things uh, go south, then they're going to have, you know, somebody's going to make up for it, and they, they're they the ones that are going to make up for it. Yeah, there's no wrong. way out of it. There's no regulation. The governor said he'll try to prevent that from happening in the future, but there's no relief or assistance. Those people well, have to pay those bills. That ain't exactly what I saw today. You know, that's why I say, you know, whether he can do it or not, whether it can be done, I don't know. And whether it should be done, I don't know. But because those people signed on the bottom line, right? To you know, they took the risk. You know, so if you're not going to hold people accountable for a risk they choose, who's going to pay for it? Well, sort of like, sort of like buying the out. The taxpayers uh, going to split it up and pay for it? Well, sure. It's sort of like uh, giving kids who borrowed thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> to go to college a free pass. <laughs> well, this is part of that Republican <laughs> cancel culture that if somebody don't signs me, a contract, the government can negate it. You know, whether it's with a landlord, <laughs> they're doing that with uh, you know eviction restrictions. I to mean, isn't the government's job stand to save us from ourselves? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Gee, I must no, have misunderstood. Yeah, you know, the, the, the tuition re- repayment, don't get me started on that. That's just, that's just ridiculous, in my opinion. Well, and you I know, think and one of the things they talked about was $10,000, which is pretty good because most students come out of like a law school or a doctor school with $200,000. Not enough. AOC wants 50000 Right. That's that's more <laughs> plausible. I, <laughs> I, just, I mean, you know, there, there are ways for the students, people that are going into college to abate those type of costs. My son went to four years of Bloom. He's coming out with zero, zero dollars of, of student debt because he decided to enlist in the National Guard. You know, he spent 10 months in Iraq for it, but, you know, the, he, you know he gave his service. Now they're paying, paying the tuition at the state-run school here in PA. Gotcha. And you're supporting. So, and it's possible to be done with zero debt. And you're supporting the country. That's right. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thank him for his service. one 800 Write that down. You're going to need it in the next hour because we're going to enjoy open phones. So we have two emails pending and one text. But we'll open up the telephone lines again and we will take your call. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury WKOK News Time 9. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's directly across from me. He wouldn't let me say this in the first half of the show, but I'll say it now. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Joe's already done today's Be Kind exercise during Be Kind Month, sponsored by Evangelical Community Hospital and organized by the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way. Today, spend an hour exercising. Okay, I'm not certain how that's being kind, but... Oh, this week, be kind to yourself. Oh, this is the theme for this week. Right, spend 30, yesterday was spend 30 minutes enjoying a hobby you enjoy, which you do all every day anyway. Every I day do. is a hobby day for you. Spend an hour exercising. You've already done that. A full hour? Full hour. Okay, so you're already there. I'm there. 
Nope, tomorrow's going to be a big one. I What's won't tell tomorrow? You oh, no, I'll, come on, share uh, it with me so I can be prepared. No, nope, nope, you just have to wait. It's a biggie. <laughs> you won't want to do it. <laughs> it involves understanding and empathy. Well, that's a waste of my time. Well, yeah, really? <laughs> Isn't there somebody I can diss? All right, we do have some brief news headlines. If you wish to weigh in on our discussion, 1-800-795-9565. One of our good listeners uh, sends us a note. It obviously takes a dim view of President uh, Biden, so we'll read that on the radio. And another one is asking Joe a question about his uh, close association with Fox News. So uh, we'll read those on the air. We have a leftover question. Tom, and Tom, you can get your answer ready now. Tom, what has Joe Biden done that's good? Where's the list? <laughs> Says one of our texters. So we'll read that. Well, I mean, in a more formal fashion. A little Why? Bit later you just on. read it. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read it formally. Oh, formally. All I right. have a tie in my office. Tom, what has Biden done that's good? Where's the list? Is that formal enough? Good. Nicely done. You can delete that now while I read the headlines. Okay. Fair enough. Milton Area School District Superintendent Dr. Kathy Keegan says, unfortunately, they are facing a $2 million deficit at this time, in part because of pandemic-related costs and also more cyber charter school sign-ups and not enough uh, funding from the state. With salaries and benefits, we continue to see a rise and an increase. And every year we struggle to say, okay, what can go this year? At some point there has to be a balance. The whole funding formula for public education needs to change. She says it is not sustainable. You can hear her full interview at WKOK.com. $2 million deficit. Big drop in the COVID-19 cases at Bucknell University. They had almost 300 cases last week. This week just 154 active cases. And uh, hospitalizations continue to decline below 1,900 people uh, in Pennsylvania. Geisinger, Danville, eight Fewer patients down to 42 individuals on board. And Evangelical Community Hospital, eight patients admitted right now, one in the ICU and none on a ventilator at Evangelical Community Hospital. COVID-19 testing taking place today at the Shikolami State Park Marina. Today, tomorrow, and Thursday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. It was canceled yesterday because of the snow. Paying tribute to, to a noted local community leader. I think we got along because we were friends since high school, really from junior high. After that, we stayed friends, and it just seemed a natural thing to do. He practiced in an area that he was very good at, and I practiced in other areas, and I thought we made a very good team. A well-known attorney and active contributor to our community is being remembered not only for his dedication to his law practice, but his devout Christian faith and deep care of others. John Carpenter died last Wednesday. He was 87 his law partner of 33 years, Bob Deal, says he and Carpenter joined forces in 1966 when Deal's grandfather became judge. I think we got along because we were friends since high school, really from junior high. After that, we stayed friends, and it just seemed a natural thing to do. He practiced in an area that he was very good at, and I practiced in other areas, and I thought we made a very good team. Deal says John Carpenter spent most of his work doing trials representing insurance defense companies. He was very meticulous in his work. Carpenter was also a devout Christian and often led daily devotions and even tried to practice his faith in his work with Deal, also a devout Christian. I know we've many times tried to, when we were doing family law, keep people together, keep marriages together. And we couldn't do that anymore because of the no-fault divorce we just got out of it. Another current Valley attorney, Tony Machetti, remembered how Carpenter first helped him establish himself as a lawyer. 
had reached out to me as a very young lawyer and was a true professional about explaining local practice, getting me some work, and helping me as a young lawyer. I remember going to lunch at the Sunbury Community Hospital with John. He would take me down to the snack bar there, chicken salad sandwiches. Carpenter was also very active in the community, including serving as president of the Pennsylvania Bar Association and solicitor and advisor to Susquehanna University and on the board of the Sunbury Community Hospital. Matt Catrillo, News Radio 1070, WKOK. There's one more thing you should add. John hated lawyer jokes. Oh, really? <laughs> it was a matter of pride with him. He, he was certainly the consummate attorney, and he certainly loved his profession. I was honored to work with him when he was head of the Bar Association. I was head of the State Broadcasters Association, and we worked on trying to get cameras in the courtroom. Didn't go anywhere, but John got us further down the road than anybody else had ever done. Great guy. Yeah, just a he super will be sharp wit, and boy, a cut of Above in, in every way. Yep. Just a superlative fellow. Very glad to have uh, known him and his family. We do have some other brief headlines to pass along. The Republican Party of Pennsylvania says they expect to meet tomorrow night to censure U.S. Senator Pat Toomey because he refused to participate in the Stop the Steal effort that was underway, plus the acquittal they felt was unconstitutional in Pennsylvania. Of course, it's a symbolic gesture at its very best, and of he's a lame duck, so it's not going to have too much impact. I don't think they felt the acquittal was unconstitutional. They felt the impeachment was unconstitutional. The whole trial. The whole trial, yeah, right. The whole, the whole shebang. Yep. And finally, the my pillow guy might have trouble resting. <laughs> Sorry, I have my, my pillow here. Oh, yeah, you brought it in with you. That's funny. Uh, the Dominion voting system is, of course, that digital system that was much maligned uh, by Rudy Giuliani and Mike Lindell, filed a $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit wow. against the founder and CEO of the Minnesota-based MyPillow, saying that Mike Lindell falsely accused the company of rigging the 2020 presidential election. The lawsuit filed in federal court in the District of Columbia alleges that Lindell ignored repeated warnings from Dominion, a voting technology company that has filed similar lawsuits against President Donald Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. Uh, Dominion accuses Lindell of repeatedly telling what the lawsuit labels a big lie that the company used its technology to steal the election. Lindell says he welcomes the lawsuit <laughs> because, well, he's got a point here, the discovery process will allow all the information to come out to prove him right. He said it's a very good day. I've been looking forward to them finally suing, said Lindell, who went to the White House to promote his theories in the final days of the Trump administration. I think that's one of those lawsuits that will be they'll be wallpapering each other for decades. It'll never go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, and certainly, you know, Rudy Giuliani and, uh, and President Trump and Sidney Powell spread lies about this company over and over. So I'm not sure that I'm not sure what your defense would be if you knew it well, was a the lie. Well, tru the truth is a defense. If you can prove the accuracy of your allegations, the truth is a, certainly the best defense. So hopefully they're going to have to put up or shut up. Well, yeah, the company says they have documented audits and recounts that prove Dominion machines accurately count votes. So what, they, what they've been doing... Well, didn't they also claim that Cesar Chavez was in... Well, that he was the owner. Right? No, he was the owner, and then later he was downgraded to 
is just one of the primary stockholders. Oh, okay. And that that's how he stays in office is because he keeps this company. I think he's oh, dead, they, isn't he? Yes. They had quite a few <laughs> elements of this. This lie has a lot of pages to it. But in any event, they say the places where the worst accusations of using Dominion to rig the election, there's a machine count that there is, but there's also a paper trail. So right. you, you just have to recount the paper trail again, and that'll show that the machine you know, added up correctly and that it didn't change the votes, as they said. So well, you'd I, have to analyze the algorithms inside the computer, would you not? I mean, right. You'd have to read the code to determine whether or not there was exactly. something in there. Right, and according to... Now, just immediately say, well, that's ridiculous, the Washington Post... Go ahead, yell it. That's ridiculous. How many do I hear it? Oh, okay. They said <laughs> then I'll they, say it's they had computer eggheads go through this technology and look at it and say that there's nothing in there except uh, calculation, um, I was told tabulation. They I was told they wouldn't release their code because it's proprietary. Well, Post apparently got either some element or one chip or some element of it and found nothing but tabulation, you know, just simple tabulation technology there. But again, that's the post, so they're... Well, I would think that, you know, the, the easy way to test this, this would be to look at past voting patterns, and if something was entirely different or completely at odds with what had happened in the past, in other words, a district that two years ago in the municipal election would have been overwhelmingly Republican, suddenly going overwhelmingly Democrat, you would think there might be something there to look at, or the number of people voting exceeds the number of people registered by a substantial amount. Well, I would think empirically this will be the easiest lawsuit in in history to prove or defend either way. You know, you just need to do, as you said, go into a district where all the paper ballots, where they have a, a piece of paper and you mark something on it with your hand, and then, you know, you set those aside after the machine counts them, and then you go get that pile and you count it, and it says, you know, there were 700 votes for President Trump, and then you go back and you ask the machine how many it were, and there were, and it says 700 votes. Well, there's your proof. You know, there's no, in a sense, this is a baseless, it was a baseless lie. It's going to be easy for the company to prove. Well, we'll see. Yeah, if that's continue. so, they're going to own uh, my pillow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's still Cesar Chavez, what's his name, will be doing the MyPillow commercial since he owns the uh, the vote co- counting company. <laughs> well, it's kind of a shame, too. Lots of people enjoy their MyPillow, so. You know, that's. Can you still sleep on them comfortably if if it turns out that they're? Well, I don't know. I guess there's going to be a sale the on the mattress toppers now and the sheets, the Giza Dream sheets. Hmm. I mean, well, if I never saw another Mike Lindell commercial again in my life, it would not <laughs> break my heart. Well, didn't uh, didn't like Kohl's department store stop selling? Yeah, they stopped selling okay. my pillow, and so did Bed Bath and Beyond. But we don't have one of those anymore. Okay. Oh, <laughs> there's. <laughs> There's, there's a big loss. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, 1-800-795-9565. That's the phone number. Six five. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> you lost? This email was, or the text was switched from the one that was there to this one that is there. Or did you delete the one? I deleted it because oh, I read it. He wanted Tom's <laughs> list of things that President Biden has done. Right. Okay. Our, our um, email, our text says, Good morning. President Biden has brought the number of COVID deaths way down since taking office. Thanks, Bob. That is true. He did that with uh, President um, uh, Trump's vaccine. Well, and to be fair, um, the 
President Trump did enjoy the peak of the COVID-19 spread when he was still in office, and then it started to decline slightly. So, um, Still, half a million deaths is a lot. Well, absolutely. And how many of them preventable? You know, Some people say, well, and you still have somebody that was on our Facebook page say, actually, all of those deaths were the flu. It's just a type of flu. You know, and that we always lose X number of people because of the flu, and this is not unusual. Well, or else we shove them as Governor Cuomo did into nursing homes and kill them there, and then tell people, and no, then they're tell not, people they're, they're, they're not, not there. Doesn't matter. Uh, nobody in that nursing home. Not they George. died in the hospital. They George. died in the nursing home. What difference does it make anyway? He what, and what possible difference? Is it <laughs> right. Make? Who said that? Hillary Clinton. I know. Uh, let's well, I'm see. sorry. You ask a question, I answer. <laughs> right. Dominion with their lawsuit should open up all their programming and machines for discovery. Should be interesting. I think that's something they'll ask for. They'll ask for right. that proprietary software. It'll be interesting to see whether Dominion sticks with the lawsuit under those circumstances. Well, and that may be the heart of the years of litigation that you anticipate yes. here is, you know, how much uh, I think they they'll just disclose? be, they'll be wallpapering each other with forms and filings and it'll, it'll never get anywhere. Alright, 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. Are we ready for phones? Yes, yeah. go ahead. Oh, we have one, time for one caller before the break. Uh, Chris got in line first. Good morning sir you're on the mark yeah good morning hey about yesterday and your reagan quotes i that's uh i really meant the the abraham lincoln quotes among others that uh that reagan repeated you repeated you misquote it wasn't actually reagan quotes <laughs> well, I but he cite me an example the, the republicans had a list of uh Abraham Lincoln quotes that were inaccurate that was from the Reagan uh, nomination thing that got distributed to Republicans and it had a lot of phony quotes on it which you've repeated a lot uh, one that stands out most is that making a, a rich man poor, man poor rich, by making a poor man rich you can't make a poor right. man rich by making a rich man poor those type things so you don't think Abraham Lincoln ever said that no. No, no. You, I think that's one of the... the, the you have absolute ones. proof he never said it. <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Well, What's your proof? Well, there's no proof that he did say it. Let's put it that way. There's nothing in any of his papers. Well, none of us have actually heard anything he ever... It. None of us have heard anything so, he ever uh, said. You know, if somebody remembered from 100 years ago that he said it and then started it in 1950, the 1970s, then, yeah, I assume it's probably false. And, well, uh, it's like H.L. Mencken. He started the rumor that I uh, was trying to find something that he could attribute to one of our worst presidents ever, so he said he put the first bathtub in the White House. <laughs> and he didn't, so. Well, I guess he didn't put it in physically. <laughs> <laughs> and then William, then, Howell, then William Taft got stuck in it, supposedly, uh, so. Yes, uh, but to move on. Let's. Uh, and. You talked about Nancy Pelosi wanting to impeach uh, uh, Trump from day one. She was actually uh, discouraging Democrats from impeachment until the Ukrainian thing came up. So I, I doubt if that's, that's – you can – I haven't looked up all her quotes on impeachment or when they started, but uh, for the, I know she was working against uh, doing it until the Ukrainian thing came well, up. I may have misspoken there. I may have misspoken there. I meant Maxine Waters. 
If I said uh, her, I apologize. Sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> Maxine Waters. Okay. You're right. I, I know that Nancy Pelosi did discourage it initially. Yes. And, uh, and let's see, uh, I think your Republican Party is, uh, is, is, is definitely the Trump Republican Party still, and it's <laughs> becoming more that way all the time, and they're all buying into the, the, the lie about the election or afraid to say otherwise or some such, and I think that's a... I, I don't know. The, the, most of the Republican Party doesn't really seem to agree with you on that. Well, that's their loss. Yeah, it is. And it's also the buying into the conspiracy theories that uh, Trump was always pushing, even the, the Q ones. He said, they liked me. They liked me. That was all he, uh, Trump would really say about them. Well, they liked me a lot. <laughs> well, I guess they did. So, so, but uh, I, I, I don't see how you can have a a party that's uh, that believes in those things. Like the the recent polling shows that uh, something like uh, seventy to eighty percent of conservatives and Republicans both uh, b- believe that the election was stolen. What's the percentage again? It was, it's, it's, uh, I think, uh, something like three out of four uh, Republicans and four out of, and uh, three out of five uh, conservatives in the in the polls. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly high. Seems bizarre when you count Republicans and conservatives. How many conservative Democrats do you know? Six. Uh, Oh, quite a few, actually. <laughs> you don't know any, but we do. <laughs> and to me, that's an oxymoron. All right, another minute, Chris. we got to take the break. Go ahead. Well, I don't know. We'll just let it go at that. Okay, today. thank you so much, sir. Thanks, thanks, thanks for Chris. calling in. Thanks, Chris. Take care. 1-800-795-9565. we got three open lines. One is occupado. Two emails and a text are waiting. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 
Joe, I, I haven't watched these come in, so which do you want to win? We'll start with it. We'll start with Dennis Laskowski. Dennis says, for a man that distrusts and knocks oh, Fox News. Yes, he's not talking about me. Fox News, every time he is on the radio, I ask, why are you watching Fox then? If you aren't watching Fox, then where are you getting your statistics? Fox has lost 50% of its viewership since the election. Wow. They are no longer the source for many conservatives. Look that up. That's true. Well, that's that's a big number to lose. Uh, let's see. Well, I think you, you, you have to watch Fox because you really want to see what the Republican, sort of what the p- partisan view on things is. It kind of helps Well, I you. get the same partisan view if I tune into MSNBC. Only the other way. Only right? the other way. And it's right. funny. CNN is closer to MSNBC than they are to Fox. So you got to watch Fox. you got to keep your enemies cl- or your friends close, close and, and your, your enemies, enemies closer. closer. No, it's the other way. It's the enemies close no, and your friends your closer. keep your friends close and your enemies closer. No, I thought it was the other way. Around. <laughs> it is. Maybe that explains a lot. Go ahead, Lance. Well, I, I just have, have something here. Is the um, list of terrible things that we're spending money on in that stimulus bill, how can you lie about that? I mean, it's there in black and white. And what I got out of Fan was that uh, we were reading into this thing something that wasn't there. How can you lie about it? Well, they're they're not lying. They're just not. It's not getting the publicity. When I googled this morning about the stimulus package, it Google is just in the bed with the president and the administration. <laughs> Every story that came up was positive about all the good things that the bill is doing. I had to I had to Google pork in the uh, 1.9 trillion dollar um, stimulus package, and then I got stories about. You know uh, the bad stuff that's in there. Oh I, oh, I see what you're talking about. Okay, all right. Because you know something's in black and white right there. Yeah, if you just uh, Google the stimulus package, you're going to get glowing reports from the mainstream media about all the wonderful things it's going to do, and they don't mention the stuff like uh, 1.5 million dollars for the Seaway International Bridge, or 50 million for family planning. You know. <laughs> And not only that, you know, and I support this, but it doesn't belong in a in a stimulus bill. One point five billion for Amtrak. Now, I'm, I think yeah. Amtrak should be funded, but it doesn't belong in a stimulus bill. Well, maybe it's to make up for lost revenue from the pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, Amtrak was slated to actually break even last fall. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was sad that they the pandemic yeah. hit. Wow. Yeah, I know. And uh, the Goodness reason crazy. why, I guess, is because uh, Trump had told them same thing that Reagan had told our railroad is well either start and you know either are or you know or have the case <laughs> and it worked for uh, worked for Conrail that's for sure and it was working for them but uh, anyway our uh, school district there that slighted char- stated that charter schools were a big reason they were losing money how could that be? Because uh, if the kid was never there, they would have lost the same amount, would they not? If the kid I was never, never there, they would have lost the same amount. Yeah, I'm not sure I was able to follow that exactly. I know cyber charter schools are causing uh, districts to lose revenue, but, of course, they're also losing students. So, um, But, I didn't. yeah, I kind of didn't follow that too carefully, or I couldn't. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't monitor it. Well, I'll tell you what, our, our uh, public schools really are pitiful. Well, here, the school district that I live in, okay, 
We have 1,100 students. We have, I think, 97 teachers and 35 teachers' aides. Well, that means that each teacher has about a baker's dozen of students to take care of, right? And we're spending $18,000 a pupil. And I'm looking here at some of these salaries. I thought, well, here, here's this one, a teacher, it's $106,000. I thought, well, this has got to be some kind of a administrative job, you know? <laughs> it's a fourth grade teacher. How long have they been there? I know the unions have made sure that longevity pay is an important aspect of of what they I, earn. We had the I same thing at Sealand's group recently. We had teachers retiring that were had been there for decades, and their salaries were well into the hundreds. Yeah, I know, I know. And yet our schools are the worst performing in the whole world. Our higher education, apparently, is uh, very, very good and world-class, well, it certainly changed. Well, I know that um, teachers when I was when I was in college eh? came out. When you I got about six six thousand dollars a year. Well, well it used yeah. to be a, a starvation wage. For oh, teachers. yeah, it was. Plus, there's well, a behavior. Well, no, not really. Clause. That was about median income back then. Yeah, I think so. Um, and while we talk about minimum wage here now. Um, if we take $15 an hour today and compare it to back in the late 60s at $1.65, we are just about, if you um, would uh, take median income, express it as a function of median income, it's almost the same. Because we had $7,500 back then, and we've got about 67000 now. So that would be a good argument for some, perhaps anyway, some small increase in the minimum wage because I guess with inflation, you never get ahead with the minimum wage because it's stuck. But if it were to catch up to something slightly higher, but of course 15 seems high. All right, we got you. But they they index index, uh, Social Security checks. Um, based on what inflation, I I don't see anything wrong with setting a minimum wage and then indexing it to inflation. One eight hundred. Thank you so much, Lance. Hey, thanks for checking. Take in care. Really appreciate it. Common sense, conservatism, and free thinking from the Line Mountain School District. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quickie break. We'll be right back. Got one caller waiting, but more are welcome. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. All righty. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, I guess this would be perfectly appropriate. Says, uh, Chris may be correct about the impeachment in Pelosi, but the Democrats pushed it before the inauguration of Trump in 2017. Uh, Al Green tried to get impeachment started multiple times. And this one. And Biden has around 100,000 deaths in his first month in office. What is a fail? What a fail. <laughs> what a fail, yeah. What a right? fail. What a fail. He should have been able to stop the Well, I mean, every one of the deaths tracks. before this was on Trump, so I assume every of the, every one of these deaths yeah, is on Biden. Yeah, we talked about that. So is that what it is, 100,000 during the <laughs> Biden administration? That's not too good. Okay, well, I'm, you know, if we're going to blame them all on Trump, we got to blame these on Biden. And what? We have a phone call? Yeah, Cindy. Cindy, you're on the mark. She's been waiting 20 minutes. No, I haven't. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Good morning. Listen, first of all, when Trump was leaving office, there were 414,000 deaths. So I follow that logic. If all of those deaths are on 
President Trump, then of course every death since then is on Biden. No, no, the Trump deaths continue. Because <laughs> they were already in the hospital. They're grandfathered in. I see, Mark. I see. At what point, we discussed this, you're right before, at what point does it become Biden's responsibility? Not, never, for, another, never. not for another week. Never. <laughs> not yeah, for another week. Not according to the mainstream media. It's never <laughs> Biden's fault. this logic, see? Because if A equals B, then B equals A. You, you have know, to contract the disease while Biden's in office. I see. So I that's see. that's been about. But then not even that won't be his fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't wearing True. a mask. Right. True. But I want to talk about cyber charter schools and charter schools. You know, the way that the funding works in Pennsylvania for public schools is that they get money from the state. They get money from the federal government. That's typically special education, uh, English language learners, that kind of money. And then they get their local communities money okay so what money does the school district have to provide to a charter school or a cyber charter school all of that money oh heavens no they only have to send the state money so i'm at a loss to understand all the squawking and you know for those who don't know this i'm i sat on a school board for four years i attended every school board meeting for nearly ten uh... i don't get the angst over this because they're still getting the local dollars that they uh, raised their taxes for to pay for that student. That does not go to the charter school or the cyber charter school. That stays in the school district. Mm. So they don't lose any revenue at all at Milton because of cyber charter schools Only or charter schools? if you think they own your kid because you live on a street in Milton School District. Right, okay. If right, they own they're... all the dollars for education that are designated for your child on a per-pupil basis, then they like to think they're losing when your kid leaves and takes the money. Now, every year, students move out of the school district. I think that's true. I'm, I'm fairly comfortable without doing any research saying this is true in every school district in the Commonwealth. Kids leave. They move. They move from... From my school district, Seelands Grove, over to Shikalimi. They move from Shikalimi to Philadelphia. They, and they move, right? Do you hear the schools screaming and yelling when they have to send? <laughs> We're losing state. kids to promotions. Pardon? <laughs> We're losing kids to the promotions of the parents that takes them out right. of the area. <clears throat> right, or the economic distress that drives them away, or whatever reason they choose to leave. So you don't hear them squawking about this, but you... But, the PSBA, the Pennsylvania School Boards Association, has led a campaign against cyber charters and charter schools. And I feel falsely gave the sense that all the money that your school district has for that child follows that child, and that's just not true. So I think that's a patently false thing to be saying. Dishonest, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I thought it was dishonest when I was on the board. I continue to think it's a dishonest So thing you lose say. some money, but only if and only if you think that those 60 kids that are now in charter schools belong to you, then you lose them. But the beauty is you don't have to educate them. Now you don't get any more. You get a little money for them, but not much, but and not as much as you would have if they'd been in school. But the bottom line is you don't have to educate them or transport them or do anything for them. Well, and it depends on what school district you're standing in, what proportion of that is, uh, is impacted. And I'll give you an example. I think Milt, well, no, Shemokin gets about 70% of its budget through state and federal dollars, 30% local. 
Lewisburg, conversely, gets 25% of its dollars from the state, and right. the rest of it is local. Right, they got a bad So formula. when a kid leaves the Lewisburg school district, it is not as uh, big a hit on their budget, if you will, if you want to call it that, as you would be if you left Shemokin, because gotcha. Shemokin is highly dependent upon the state, right? Which they like. They want those state dollars to pour in All for right. their kids. Another 30 seconds. Go ahead. So I'm just telling people, you're being hustled. You're being hustled <laughs> in this argument because, first of all, all the money doesn't go. Secondly, if that child moved, right, the same dollars, the same state dollars would follow them. So what's the, what is to fuss about? It's, you're just being hustled. Thank you. Yeah, all right. we let Thank them graduate, so too. They lose all those kids every year to graduation. Dan, you're on the mark. We're enjoying an open phones Tuesday. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, I I think Joe mentioned conservative Democrats. Well, in my way of looking at it, Harry Truman, Jack Kennedy were fairly conservative compared to what we have today. And I had a great friend here. We did a construction job together after I retired, and... He, told, he said, you know, Dan, I'm a Democrat, but he said, I vote, I vote conservative Republicans all the time. He voted for Trump, and he voted each time he didn't vote for President Obama. And I talked to him the other month, and uh, he would tell me what a disgrace it is what they've done our great President Trump. So there's a gentleman that's a Democrat, probably registered back when he was young, and he still has the label, but what does the label really mean anymore? That just because I'm registered Republican here, I'm only registered that because I figured it was the most conservative back when I registered of the two-party system, and then I could vote in the primaries is the main reason I registered Republican. But uh, you notice one thing so far, no one has yet named one thing President Biden has done positive good positive for America. Well, we talked about the Keystone XL pipeline. He put the kibosh on that. That's good. That's great That's for America. That's not positive. That's uh, it's very positive if you if you actually want to have an energy policy and to be in the right to decade. Now, you um, that's my opinion anyway. It's your opinion that you know the pipeline is great, but um, it isn't. It's great for all the reasons many of your callers said. It's so safer to have it in a pipeline coming down than it is on railroad cars. It's much safer that way. And uh, we want to stay energy. Right, but I'm just, I'm just saying, we have argued about 20 different things on this show that President Biden has done that his opinion, the president's opinion, and I might agree with some of them, 
that they're good and there's been other things i mean somebody called in and complained about getting back into the paris climate goals and again that's that's an opinion which i really respect you know you may not want us to be in that and president trump did not did you hear by the way that the french have violated their own policy but that's an opinion so we have talked since president biden took office have an educated opinion and you, there's not nobody ever proved that man-made climate change is real. Man-made climate change is a myth. <laughs> it's the sun that controls the climate Excellent more than point. anything. Yeah. And ninety-five percent of climate change is due to the sun, not to what little bit we contribute on Earth. <laughs> okay. And did you hear? Did you hear that the French are violating their own Paris Accords? They're not living up to the deal they signed, and that's named after them. Yeah, I heard. I heard that. And yet we that, jumped right back in. Old old Joe, he's going to well, get us the, back in there. They're just goals. Okay, if you don't want to adhere to the goal, you don't have to. If you then wish what's to, the point? you don't have what's to. What's the point? Well, I think if everybody's on the same page, it may be possible to push the science of climate reduction, climate warming reduction further, faster. But if everybody doesn't agree with the goals, we can still always do our own thing. You, you have conserved energy and fuel and dollars and, and landfill space as long as you could ever remember here. But what if you had finally decided, okay, I want to reduce it 1% more? What's so terrible about having a goal? Well, you if know, you if you sign on to States, it and say it's our goal, we ought to live up to it. Oh, Joe, come on. Anyway, Dan, sorry, we're taking up all your time. That's all right. No, <laughs> but you, we've improved under the Trump administration the carbon footprint. If you want to believe that has anything to do with it, I read one place it improved forty percent. Yeah, last year during the pandemic. Yeah, during the pandemic. And he's not even he didn't even promote global climate. No, that 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 doesn't count because better that doesn't count then improving here. Dan, that doesn't count because the pandemic caused it. But the president now remember the president's responsible for every death from the virus (laughs) had nothing to do with the global warming getting better because of with the pandemic. It's all his, all Trump's fault. Yep, I know, Joe. He's (laughs) still being blamed for it to this day, and they'll be blaming Trump till the next election. One of our listeners has a great answer to this, Dan. Then we have to let you go. But anyway, go ahead, read that. It says, "Hello." The answer to Cindy's question is: Biden is not responsible for one COVID death. He has told the Americans the truth from the beginning. Oh, oh for heaven's sakes. One. Yeah, it's all nothing, Joe. Joe did nothing wrong. Nothing. I don't get it. Um, he's got it. He has a gravy train. It, the press loves him. Everybody loves Joe. And he can't do anything wrong. It's that is correct. Okay, we have to let you go, Dan. I'm afraid it. you're going to criticize the president. It's we BDS, have to Biden derangement syndrome. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for calling in, Dan. Really, really, you really, have really a appreciate great it. One. You too. Hey, you too, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right, quickie break. I'm going to tell you about a Ford F-150 that was sitting Ooh. in our driveway one short week ago. We'll be right back. And Mike is standing by. Be patient, brother. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway 
Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. We've got two callers waiting. That's all we'll have time for today, but we appreciate them standing by one quick moment. i got to tell you about this Ford F-150 that was out front. It's 24 miles to the gallon because of the V6 EcoBoost motor with the automatic start and stop opportunity. But the best thing is that I will never scratch this truck if I drive it. It has a Ford Co-Pilot 360 assist, which means it has a lane-keeping system plus the nudge. And I don't mean my lovely bride saying, honey, you're slipping out of your lane again. No, it has pre-collision braking. If it senses you're about to be in a collision, it slows you down and stops you. It Actually, it's hard to dent. You couldn't dent it if you tried. It just won't let you run into things. It has pre-collision braking with automatic emergency braking, lane-keeping system with the nudge, the Ford Copilot 360 assist, plus the 360-degree cameras. When you go to back it up or move it from side to side or turn the wheels sharply, you get a, an aerial view. It has a drone over you that shows exactly where you're about to go, and of course it won't let you run in. It won't even let you back into a snowbank if you tried to. So it is just a fabulous vehicle, and it will be unlike all of my other vehicles. It will never be dented because of my silliness. So, just a silly question. What if you wanted to back into a snowbank? You have to de- <laughs> You have to uh, turn these systems off. Okay. It won't let you run into anything. It's just the strangest thing. So, yeah, if you had a snowmobile on the back and you're going to back into a snowbank so you can get it off that way, the, the, you have to decommit. Turn it off. Okay. It won't let you uh, run into things. So it's a real opportunity for you to avoid a vehicle and to not have any <laughs> dents on it like all my trucks have had uh, and like mine has uh, at this moment. So it's just a great opportunity. Evasive steering assist, they call it. It prevents you from doing the dumb things that have sent me to the body shop. One of our texters says, I'm looking at about 8 to 10 inches of global warning and warming in my yard. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, that's what we talked to Joe Lundberg about that. He says, that's just weather. You know, last year was warmer than ever before, and the year before that was warmer than ever before. So we're definitely the planet's getting warmer. But it isn't this polar vortex switcheroo that he says. Okay. This is just winter. That's all it is. But thank you for the text. All right, Mike, NK, appreciate Mike you that. have been holding on forevermore. For you are now on the mark. Two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Why? Okay, He's been things, holding on for a long two time. Two things precipitated this phone call. One was the uh, state and their idea to tax the... Uh, toll roads across bridges and the other was somebody on Facebook asked me what did I ever be able to do to survive and earn a living so I wrote down a list I worked in lawn care I worked in a tire shop I worked in a bakery I worked in a gas station those are all closed now I also worked in two nuclear power plants one of them is closed and the other is substantially downsized I worked in a coal plant that is soon to be gone I worked in two contracting firms, 
One of them is gone, the other is still in business. I worked for a newspaper that is substantially downsized. Also, while in college, I worked in the uh, cafeteria. At that college, the enrollment is decreasing, but the costs keep going up. I worked in a school district. The, the uh, enrollment is down and costs are going Doesn't up. Like and finally, I worked in a government agency and the cost there, the money they're spending is growing exponentially. So I thought to myself, what is the common thread among all these workplaces? Why are some of them going one way and the other are going the other way? Would you guys care to uh, make an answer? I'd like to hear yours. My, my idea is that if you're in business and it's exposed to market forces, you know, what, do, what, do people want your product? Uh, can you control costs? Do better ideas come? Do you adapt? Those businesses are out, okay? They're going down because they couldn't survive. They're the ones that I said are all closed. But the universities, the government agencies, the school districts, they don't rely on market forces. They rely on taxpayer dollars, and they basically have the power to take as much money as they want, or they have the power as much that we will give them. So they're the ones that are doing well. So I'm seeing a trend in this uh, economy to basically, you know, Trump said it. We're heading for socialism, and, and that's where we're at. Well, so you're saying that the government alone is responsible for subsidizing things it wants to, to uh, survive? What? Or are you saying the government should be involved in helping private industry more? I'm, I'm not certain I get, get where you're headed. Yeah, you missed the point. <laughs> no, I, I, may, I may have. I may have missed it by a mile. So where were you heading with this, Mike? Ten seconds. We've got to get another caller. Go ahead. My point is this. If your survival is dependent on raising money from taxpayers you have a pretty good chance of not only surviving, okay. but growing. This is your that's time. that's where the power is. Yeah, well said. All right, thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right, Chris, 60 seconds more. You are okay, on the mark. Okay, I, uh, I missed the beginning of your minimum wage discussion, but it didn't seem like by the end of it you anybody was accounting that the, the proposal on board only raises it uh, $15 by 2025. Oh, it is variegated. Okay. Sorry, it you is know, variegated, I got yes. You. Okay, and in fact, you. Uh, it also raises tipped wages and youth wages to $15 by 2027. Well, Joe, that's Joe that's the job that gets 1.6 million, 1.4 million out of work. Gotcha. Joe, and that came goes, well, that goes to 425 to $6 <laughs> gotcha. in the first year. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Yeah, Joe was only ready to argue about the pork. He's not informed on anything else. No, and only what they tell him. 1.4 million people out of work. That's real. Well, that's the CBO number. That's a real one. But you don't know how many people it would help. This is WKOK Sunbury.